Hello and welcome to Bright Blue Dot. My name is Thomas Jelly, and today it's my pleasure to be with Kate Hilton, the Head of Membership at Business in the Community, the leading UK-based organisation for responsible business. Kate, hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me. Hello, Thomas. Lovely to be with you. Kate, I'd like to start at the very beginning. You started off your career in banking, but you moved quite soon, I believe three or four years afterwards, to business in the community. Could you tell us about your first role in sustainability? What was it like and what did you get up to? So yes, as you rightly said, Thomas, I spent three years as part of Deutsche Bank's graduate scheme and quite quickly realized that it wasn't going to be a long-term career for me. I found out more about the corporate responsibility sector. And so in the summer of 2010, I applied to BITC, who at the time was looking for more people with a business background rather than a not-for-profit background to join their account management team. It was quite an interesting time politically in the UK. We'd recently had the coalition government between the Conservatives on the right and the Lib Dems on the left. And so my cover letter had been all about David Cameron, the PM's big society vision, uh, this whole idea about responsible corporate ownership of issues of society for the environment. I was talking about that in my cover letter. I was talking about corporate scandals like BP's Deepwater Horizon disaster and the sense of responsibility that businesses should have beyond maximizing shareholder value. So I had plenty of fire in my belly, but not very much knowledge of the sustainability sector. I had to learn on the job very, very quickly. And essentially my role was, and still is to a certain extent, to be a relationship manager to a portfolio of big businesses that were members of business in the community. And one of the first clients I got was Sodexo, which is where I met you, Thomas. And I do remember thinking that I had a lot to learn but that every single company I worked with had some really sparkling ideas about how they wanted to make a positive impact on society and on the environment. And very quickly, it became more of a vocation than a job. Could you give us a little insight, perhaps, into the diversity of things that were going on in these companies that caught your attention during the learning process? You came from the financial services background, you talk about the fire that you had in the belly, you get to BITC, and you think, phew, I'm in the right place. So I think back in 2010, we were still very much in a kind of a CSR mode, a corporate social responsibility. A lot of companies were working more on the social side than the environmental side at the time. So companies were starting to be much more strategic about how they sought purpose beyond shareholder value towards stakeholder value. And that was very exciting. There was also a lot of work starting around purpose. So this idea that rather than the company focusing primarily on their enterprise value, they were actually trying to think about the lasting legacy that they would be having. And that was starting to also bring in ideas about about how you treated your workforce as well as how you treat your local communities. The area of diversity and inclusion was really burgeoning around the time that I started working at BITC. So there was just so many different facets of how to be a more responsible business. Businesses were really taking on and, and trying to get their heads around them. It's been 12 years, Kate, since you joined business in the community and many of the 
aspects of corporate responsibility that you've just mentioned have evolved a huge amount since then over the last decade. And you've had visibility of all this from the leading responsible business organization in the UK, a tremendous vantage point. Given all that you've seen in, in those 12 years, what do you know now that you wish you had known as you were starting off in CR in 2010? For me, it's the urgency of the climate emergency. So about three years before I joined BITC, we'd launched the Prince's May Day campaign. Our royal founding patron, King Charles III, has been a leading force in some of the areas of our campaigning. And in 2007, he requested that we start a May Day campaign, a May Day call for businesses to be focusing more on the environment. But it was still very, very nascent when I started at the ITC. And a lot of organizations were tinkering at the edges. There was a lot of incremental change. There was a growing understanding of scope one and scope two carbon emissions, but very few people were really getting under the bonnet of scope three. There was a move towards circularity, but not in the sense that most organizations understand the potential of the circular economy now. And I just wish that there'd be more of us that have been pressing more about the urgency of that climate emergency. We understand now that incrementality is just not going to cut it and that we really need to see absolutely transformational change so that we can have this just transition towards net zero. It's quite scary when you read in the left-leaning press about the, the situation that we're finding ourselves in, about the irreversible nature of climate change. It's very sobering in the UK at the moment politically when we're looking at the new administration that looks much less focused on climate change than the previous administration under Boris Johnson. For all of his faults, he was quite an environmentalist at heart. And so I am concerned by how far we've got to go. And I wish that I'd have another decade. So if I went back to 2010, I would be pushing much harder and agitating business much more on the climate emergency. Thank you, Kate. Thinking about the directions in which you have helped business in the community through the membership to develop agenda, you've had recourse to stakeholder engagement. You've helped organizations to think about their positioning when it comes to sustainability. Business in the community has also been a source of external expertise, helped member organizations to get to grips with aspects of sustainability that are most material to them and challenged them in their ambitions. What's been the most important aspect of your work, do you think, over the past decade? It's, it's a really tricky question, the building blocks towards truly strategic responsible business. But I guess if I had to choose one, it would be stakeholder engagement. And I think if we rewind a little bit about the ITC and our purpose, we essentially exist to do three things. We're there to connect our corporate members to their peers, to leaders, to their communities. We're there to help the business community go further, faster, this idea of not needing to reinvent the wheel all the time, because what we're actually asking them to do is to think about a different way to make business decisions. And we're there to lead and to influence and to inspire them to do more and to think bigger. And all of those three aspects depend on really, really effective stakeholder engagement. So that's both between us and our main contacts. And our main contacts in our organizations are typically in sustainability departments, in the CEO office, but also within these members' businesses. So helping them to influence upwards across directorates through their supply chain, 
stakeholder engagement is absolutely crucial to seeing a business and its decisions in a different way. What's been the magic recipe for BITC's success in engaging stakeholders? We've been very, very fortunate to have such an active royal founding patron. And King Charles III, when he was working with us a, a, a few years ago, so let's, let's talk about 2018 now, we have been talking to him about the challenges around resource scarcity and resource use. And he had this idea for a summit that we ended up calling Waste to Wealth and this idea of the inherent value in resources, regardless of what stage in their usage they were. It was, it was a good example of our convening power. So we ended up partnering with a company, a wonderful company that I've worked with for a very long time, Veolia, at one of their large mechanical recycling facilities down in Southwark. We brought together that day about 250 CEOs of big UK business, the Secretary of State for Environment at the time, Sir Michael Gove, His Royal Highness was there, Prince of Wales as he was then. And surprisingly, there was also a a very, very well-known and well-regarded in the UK TV presenter and cook called Hugh Fanny Whittenstall, who was also doing a programme at the time about um, resources. And so we had a lot of different high-profile figures there coming together and really understanding what do we need to change about big businesses' approach to resource use and how can we change the dialogue around how to turn resources back into a valuable commodity, essentially. That, to me, was a really good example of how effective stakeholder engagement can then move the dial. We ended up convening groups of business leaders who, through working with us, ended up working with each other so we are aware of various different contracts that were signed as a result of that Waste Wealth Summit. So we were enabling business leaders to come together, recognize that they had a common purpose, a common interest, and actually start working together as partners in a commercial way. So we've always recognized that enabling businesses to work together more effectively will improve the success of business as well. We were also able to change the dynamic because it became such an exciting point in our history when business leaders came together and said, we need to approach the certain economy in a different way. So absolutely, stakeholder engagement was was key in that one. That's a hugely encouraging illustration. You've seen so much in your time at BITC rubbing shoulders with sustainability challenges across a range of sectors and industries. But of course, the work is never done. And so to wrap up, I wonder what burning sustainability question do you still have? I have a million questions, but I think the theme that they all centre around is how can we help big business be more agile, more nimble, be quicker to make decisions? It takes so long to steer the archetypal oil tanker and we just don't have that time. I think when you work in the sustainability sector, everyone shares this common sense of urgency. And then sometimes working with big business, that can feel frustrating because of the bureaucracy, of how complicated it can really be to change some of these fundamental ways that they've done business for for many years. And I think one of my questions is, why isn't big business learning more from the startup mentality? So a couple of examples. I've loved watching how fast disruptors like Octopus Energy have shaken up the traditional utilities market in the UK or how leaders like Richard Walker from Iceland have changed the game through an approach that's being called corporate activism. There are so many people who want to be working for impactful brands 
companies who are doing something exciting in a different way are able to attract. I'd love for more companies to have that mindset and think about what the startup mentality could add to them as a business. Now, there's a wonderful challenge to the membership. Kate, thank you so much for joining me. It's been great hearing you. You've been listening to Kate Hilton, Head of Membership at Business in the Community. Thank you very much for joining me, Kate. Thank you, Thomas.